This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This is George Newbern, the voice of Superman, and you're listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam, streaming at dcaureview.com on your favorite podcast app. Get charged up for action that'll shock your system. Tell me that's not cool. An unstoppable superhero and his crew embark on impossible missions and will bring mutated villains to justice. When static's in the house, bad guys better step off. Pull the plug on crime with the adventures of Static Shock. Yeah! Hey everybody, welcome to episode 184 of the DCAU Review. I am one of your hosts, Cal, and with me, my good friend, good brother, and the man that runs our Twitter account. That's right, it's Liam. Liam, uh, we are in a new month. Well, we're in the same month that we were last week, but we're changing series. We did something that we hadn't done, we typically don't do. We usually change series at the first of the month, but because of our extended two-part extravaganza last week with Batman the Long Halloween, we decided to push our new series to week two of the month, but excited to kick off a new series this week for episode 184. That is right. And as the... Uh... As we have been teasing on Twitter and Instagram all week, we are, of course, back in the sunny skies of Dakota, and we have another episode of Static Shock to talk about this week with a early season one episode, Grounded. That is right, and it's a, it's a unique one, as we'll discuss when we get into the, the plot here. Well, it sets itself apart in, a, in one specific way, I guess. We can talk about that. We get to our four categories today. Liam, but until then, uh, before then, rather, let's do get our official IMDb synopsis for this week's episode, which, of course, you said uh, did did air actually back on the kids WB. Listen to this. October 14th, 2000, meaning, Liam, this thing is old enough to buy alcohol in <laughs> all states. Yeah. How about that? That's uh, yeah. That's uh, once we once we start passing these milestones for uh when even static is this far in the past, it's, uh, you know, it's just another sign that we're old. <laughs> and uh, that, as you mentioned, will bring us to our IMDb synopsis for Grounded, which was written by Len Yoli, directed by James Tucker. Never heard of him. Oh. Music by Derek Thornton and animation by a by two studios, Slightly Offbeat Productions and Top Draw Animation. And that synopsis reads as such. Static encounters a giant worm-like organism that was created by the Big Bang, which somehow works its way inside Virgil's school after hours and endangers many students, including Richie and Frida. Uh, I yeah. Somehow Palpatine returned. 
Yeah. <laughs> Which somehow <laughs> begins to terrorize a couple of, of Static's friends. Yeah. Oh boy. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, it does cover some of the of the meat of the episode here, and as I alluded, Liam, I think what tends to set this episode apart, uh, while the formula throughout most of the series seemed to be that uh, that which was later. Uh, I don't know. I guess this was going on congruently around the same time that Smallville uh, debuted. And so there was a formula for these shows and, you know, where you have the, the, the baddie of the week is a new teenager, new teenage character typically, or somebody that goes to static school or somebody that's introduced. And then it's revealed that they're actually a bang baby. And then that bang baby ends up battling static. And then we move on. And then the next week we kind of repeat this, this, this uh, formula. And it was very similar with how things were with Smallville. You had your uh, kryptonite induced freak of the week, right? So it was, it was a formula. It worked. It keeps the, the entertainment moving and allows you to introduce all these different metahumans to interact or in Static's world, bang babies to interact with him and with various different powers. And, uh, you know, allows you to use, uh, you know, not only use some of Milestone's original uh, characters themselves, but create new people as well. So uh, this week, I feel like sets itself apart because we don't actually have a human being as the bang baby it's it's literally dirt <laughs> or you know bacteria i guess yeah he fights an amoeba um which goes back to our synopsis uh, calling it a worm i don't i don't think it's not a worm at all it's quite literally an amoeba and yeah it's uh, that's and that's the thing it's like there isn't really a lot of the other thing i think that is a hallmark of these uh, especially the earlier static episodes is that there's usually like a lesson that we that we that we learn by the end of the episode? Uh, there's no lesson in this, in this episode. Time uh, doesn't pay. <laughs> but like, <laughs> you know, if you're, it's like, well, don't don't unleash a toxic power giving gas on the city because some dirt it might get in some dirt and a giant <laughs> germ will. Uh, Hey, if you're going to be an amoeba, if you're going to be an amoeba, (laughs) you better be a good amoeba and you better not be trying to eat people because if you are, static's going to stop you and or the long arm of the law will eventually catch up to you or something. Yeah. Yeah. There's no there's no uh, there's there's no warm and fuzzy. This isn't a very special episode of static. It's it's uh, static fights what could easily be flubber or um you know a stand-in for flubber or or chemo uh the the mm-hmm. legion of superheroes villain it, it has this sort of power that and we'll get into the the actual plot here is we we start out as uh we, we have Static actually introduce uh, battling who I thought would have been a far more interesting uh, villain. And that is this armadillo looking chap who is uh, bouncing around and just awfully hungry. Uh, and Static is sort of foiling, foiling his plans to steal food from restaurants. Dude just wants a snack like he's just hungry. Uh, but uh, Static f- chases him to this this construction site. And that's where as they're battling this in this dirt what's the matter static shell shocked (laughs) what's that an earthquake okay not an earthquake 
Disturbed by them fighting, all of a sudden the amoeba raises up and begins attacking both of them in the midst of it. And Static sort of then spends uh, the rest of the episode trying to chase down where the the amoeba is. And we get sort of this weird subplot that I feel like I'm not sure... you know, we've talked a lot about, especially now that we're back here in Dakota and talking about these, a lot of times the writers used these as a platform to talk about bigger issues and a lot of things. Uh, mm-hmm. This one was interesting because there is this sort of subplot with Frida and the small group that are, you know, complaining about the, the journalism class and the school newspaper funding getting cut. <laughs> You okay, Frida? No. Didn't you hear? The school board just cut the journalism budget by 40%. Whoa. That's a lot of pencils. Yeah. But meanwhile, have they cut one single dime out of the athletic department's budget? No. No. And and you know the part that really ticks me off? Uh... Mr. Chesterson, our faculty advisor? I wrote this great editorial about the cutbacks, but he won't publish it. Why? Something about a libel suit and losing his job and stuff, but that's not the point. Whatever happened to freedom of speech, we have to take action. That's right, girl. Power to the people. Yeah, we'll chain ourselves to our lockers. We'll go on strike. Yeah, strike, 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 strike. (laughs) Virgil, you're a genius. So in some small way, I think James Tucker did sneak something in there that, you know, the importance of not only, uh, you know, obviously collegiate at a giant level, but even in some some cities and states, the high school football being the main, you know, high school football, high school baseball, high school mm-hmm. athletics being the main focus and driver, while there still uh, should be an encouragement for some of these smaller things that don't necessarily drive revenue. So there's a little bit of a commentary there, I feel like, about some stuff, but it's not, it's not really it's not really overt and it's definitely the B plot to the, to the whole episode. Yeah. We get some comedy from that. Like the main episode is, yeah, we, we get her sort of complaining about her, her plight with the school. And, and then we have Virgil and Richie sort of trying to, uh, you know, they're after static uh, has another fight with one, he's able to kind of c- capture a little piece of it that had broken off and, then he and, and Richie make this plan that they're going to sneak into the school after dark to uh, to try to run some tests on it and try to figure out what's going on with it. At the same time, they bump into, uh, into Frida and her uh, her friends who are pr- planning to release an unauthorized version of the school paper, uh, kind of taking a shot at the school and and uh, and they're and then, and then they're they're also sort of running afoul of this. It's like straight out of Scooby Doo janitor. Yeah, like. <laughs> Which is well, that maybe that's like where this should have been is that because the you know to jump a little bit ahead the end result is static uh, defeats the amiibo by throwing like the the janitor's cleaning solution on them yeah so maybe it should have been like 
their school budget cuts and the janitor's going to get fired. But yeah. then he saves the day with his cleaning supplies. And so they decide not to fire him or something. Like maybe that's... Yeah. yeah. And, and it's ironic that you said that about Scooby-Doo because the whole time, honestly, I thought there was going to be a big reveal that the janitor was secretly the amoeba. Like that he was mm-hmm. turning into the amoeba or something because every time he shows up, Static and Richie bump into him several times in the hallways and he's mopping up and there's this green, like what appears to be pieces of the amoeba there on the floor. And then they go back late at night to try and break into the high school to use their equipment to, you know, to study the piece of this amoeba and he's still there. And then suddenly there's a, there's an attack on the football field uh, by the amoeba. So I I was expecting we were going to get a reveal. Maybe it was going to be one of Frida's friends that was revealed to be, you know, sort of exacting revenge on the athletic team because they're getting their funding wasn't cut or something like that. Like those are the the things that you would suspect to be from the formula. But in a way I was kind of pleasantly surprised that it was just an amoeba. Like it didn't, there wasn't a big reveal of, Oh, it's actually this revenge plot because I feel like that would have been the, or, you know, the janitor just happened to be the reveal because he's the person you'd least suspect or whatever. But in, in reality, it it was a lot less like scooby-doo than i expected it to be like it felt a lot like scooby-doo but it ended up in the in the result not being a scooby-doo episode at all yeah no it's, it's like we said it's it's pretty straight up you know virgil and richie are, are sneaking around they're trying to do studies on this thing it it sort of leaps out and it kind of attaches to their uh, their face shields at one point and and then they're able to kind of cut off a little sliver and they examine it a little bit closer and uh, in the meantime, the, the larger piece is able to kind of break free and escape into the ventilation system. And so Virgil goes in after it and then gets lost and then uh, ends up uh, running afoul of some uh, some insects, which, I mean, that that high school needs to call an exterminator. There was like a thousand <laughs> cockroaches in that. Like, well, that then was I thought net. there was going to be that some was... sort of, I expected a subplot at that point that the amoeba was going to like going to combine with the cockroaches. Now we're going to have mm-hmm. like cockroach amoeba hybrid things, but that didn't, it was just a thing. It's just a funny little comedy bit. What's also interesting is because there's the, the reason the amoeba follows them to the school is like, like we said, Static uh, captures this little piece of it and he shows it to Richie and then they go and get on a bus to follow it. And then the amoeba was like trying to get to them and then the bus pulls away. So it, it, it can like sense its other, but then later it can just split itself apart like willy nilly. So I, I guess it's fine if, if they split up on purpose, but it didn't like when like a little piece of it just got left behind. Like, right. But, uh, but yeah, but yeah, they, I mean, they make a point of saying that this thing does not have any sentience and that it wasn't, you know, that it wasn't a person, I guess that's how they, because they want, they were going to, you know, melt it with, <laughs> with cleaning solution at the end. So you couldn't say that it was a person or had any kind of uh, sentience to it, but. But yeah, that's kind of our finale is uh, all the kids are, are sort of trapped in different areas of the school. And then the the amoeba kind of splits off and, and goes after all of the different ones. And Static is finally able to suit up and, and save all the other kids and then goes and uh, with the help, as we mentioned, of the, the janitor's cleaning solution is able to take down the uh, take down the the bad guys. And no, just looking for more food. And the whole city's on its menu. What are you gonna do? Spoil its appetite. 
Well, here I am. Come and get your grub on. The only other notes they have are uh, at the end there, there's a, a reporter interviewing them. And keep in mind, there was a giant amoeba that attacked the school minutes ago. And this reporter's first question is, what were you guys doing in school after after dark? <laughs> <laughs> what a narc. Yeah. That yeah, guy that guy sucks. sucks. Yeah, he sucks a lot. <laughs> yeah. At the very oh. Come on, man. You're really burying the lead here. Come on. What, what's going on? A little bit. Yeah. A little bit there. Yeah, so I, I guess we can get into our scores here. We need not dwell too much on this. It's a fun episode, honestly. Like I said, I think based on knowing how this series tended to handle in, in with the benefit of hindsight, which we tend to do, uh, and, and it's a benefit that we have of reviewing these 20-plus-year-old cartoons, um, you know, the formulaic way that the, the rest of the season tended to go um, having these individuals be the recipients of the bang baby power and, you know, static having to figure out. And, and a lot of times, like you said, having a, having a, a, a lesson learned at the end, this felt just like a straight up. All right. Well, there's a bad guy and static just kind of has to figure out how he's going to defeat it. And he doesn't really figure out how he's going to defeat it until that very final scene well the next to last scene where he has this interaction with the cleaning fluid and realizes that it affects the amoeba in a negative way so um you know i love that static was able to kind of use some detective skills figure that out there's a little bit of comedy along the way with the interaction with them in the lab uh the weird subplot of the school newspaper being canceled it felt very you know it's it's a little kitty but that's okay that's what these cartoons were for so um i i actually because it breaks norm from what static did i think i appreciated the story a little bit better and because it in a way subverted my expectations of there being this big reveal as to who is behind the amoeba and they're not being i actually liked it more so i ended up giving plot a uh, a seven out of ten nice yeah i went uh, six out of ten so not too much difference there yeah, for as simplistic as it is, um, there's there it is it it moves at a clip. It's fun, and I actually think a lot of the comedy in this episode, like Frida's friends, are like the biggest bunch of like doofus cowards you've ever met. <laughs> like the second that they think they've been found out, they're immediately all pointing the finger at uh, at Frida to say that it was all her idea, and then they're like just like there's such there's like a lot of like weird slapstick in this episode too with like Virgil crawling around in the in the vent and then you you cut you see Richie trying to radio him and you cut back and Virgil's like halfway down like trapped in a vent and then crashes out of the vent into the room where where Frida and her friends are and has to make up an excuse like there's a lot of I think good good comedy and we'll get maybe get into a little bit more of that in uh in voice acting but uh yeah there's uh, for, for whatever work forever it's worth it's not the most memorable episode but it's still a good bit of fun which is you know what all of these cartoons should be yeah i agree absolutely 
All right, Liam, let's move to our second category of the day, which of course is going to be visuals and animation. Uh, so I know you mentioned there's a pair of, of, of animation studios that were uh, responsible for this week. Um, I'd love to hear some of your thoughts on this, and I definitely have some things to share. <laughs> yeah, so as, as mentioned, this was uh, directed by James Tucker and animation by Slightly Offbeat Productions and Top Draw Animation. Um, it's interesting because I don't feel like, I feel like there was maybe one other episode of Static that I can't remember off the top of my head um, that had some kind of weird off-model stuff. And I remember remarking how weird that is because this side of, uh, of like Superman, the animated series, new Batman adventures when, and I know this isn't the exact normal stock DCAU style, but you don't necessarily, I didn't necessarily think of these, these era of cartoons of having issues being on or off model. Mm -hmm. And like, there's some real weird, like perspective issues. I think, especially with static in this episode, mm -hmm. I was like his head being too big or, and there's just like a, like the, it just like, even like in his face didn't quite look normal to how it looked. Even like, you know, this is, this is episode four. And I don't, I don't know quite where it is in the production order, but this was the, the fourth episode to air and I mean, even comparing it to the, the first episode, even in this sort of season one style, the, you know, the earliest attempts at, at doing this show, it still looked off model even from that. Like, I think we've done enough of these early episodes now that I have a pretty good gauge for what is on or not on model for, for even these earlier seasons. And there's just, there's just, there's just some real weird perspective stuff and static kind of looks like a weird, like doe eyed Disney character in some certain, in certain scenes too. So well, not all of it's that, bad. It's funny that you say that because I feel like the animation at points moves very stylistically, like a Disney, a Disney animated film, like the way the characters kind of, it's, it's hard. It's hard to put it, I explain it into words but they almost move at like one and a half times speed in a way um it's very mm -hmm. smooth it's a very quick movements and hair flips in certain ways and you know it's imagine if you were watching uh for me like the inspiration that i thought was like where my head went right to is like the scene in beauty and the beast where bell is like swooping around the library i haven't seen that movie in like i don't know probably 20 years but like in my mind the way that that character moves like very very pun intended animated with their limbs and their hair just sort of flips and flies in certain ways there's a scene towards the end where uh, frida falls into this laundry basket and the movement was very like stylized after it, like it just struck me as like, man, that looked like a Disney movie in a weird way. Mm. It's just a very specific type of animation that they use in the way that the characters uh, tend to flow and move. And that that specific scene did. But I, I right on. I think that the perspective issues, there were characters that felt elongated at times, like they'd lean into their cat into the camera and their body would almost stretch or they'd lean away from it and their body would stretch backwards, but their legs would kind of stay in the same place. Very odd perspective choices at, at, at times uh, for, for the animation there. Yeah. And that's not to say there aren't some fun moments uh, in, as far as the animation goes, I think that initial battle out in the in the open where the, the amoeba is like i guess eating all of the raw meat from like a meat packing plant and and static goes there i think there's kind of a fun beat there where static's kind of figuring out what 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 affects the uh the creature and 
a dozen, and then he, you know, he, at one point he sort of picks up a truck with his uh, with his electric mag powers and hurls it at him, and it kind of bursts through the thing, and you know, kind of goes in one one side and out the other. So I think there's there's some fun action beats there. There's a as we said, there's a point where the amoeba is kind of following Virgil and Richie, and as it's going, it's kind of doing the the Bugs Bunny like burrow, and you see the ground kind of breaking up as it's sort of following them underground, and then it you know, slithering in and out of the vents and the sewer grates and stuff like that. There's definitely some some pretty good fluid animation, I think, from the, the creature's perspective. Yeah, I would agree, too. I think it's cool. Also, this is I was trying to think of another translucent character. Like, we have characters that are supposed to be invisible that you can kind of see that turn, tr- like, you know, that the, they represent their invisibility by just being see-through, like, completely transparent almost on the screen. But, like, the translucent nature of this character where you can kind of see through it and some of the backgrounds... Uh, through it as it moves in the city and as static is fighting it, but it itself moves. Yeah. The fl- it moves very fluidly. Like it's, it, it moves like you would think that a gelatinous monster uh, would move. Uh, so the, the animation studio did a good job of doing that. I, unfortunately, I feel like they applied some of those same things to the way that the other characters moved. Um, and definitely, I think, I think you're spot on with as, as far as, it, it being a, a fun, fun character that you can kind of just, you know, we've talked about it before, whether it's Clayface or Ink or the Elongated Man, um, mm-hmm. you know, you know, 3D or 2D Man, you know, some of these characters <laughs> that you don't really have to, you don't really have to follow the normal physics for that you can kind of allow them to move as if they were, you know, a, a stretchy guy, you might say, um, you know, so I, <laughs> I think that there's, there's, a lot more fun to be had in a cartoon uh, when you're able to kind of throw away those normal rules of physics and allow the character to bend and move and swirl and kind of move the way that this character does, which made it feel, you know, kind of like flubber, I guess. Yeah, definitely. I I think that sequence that it's almost like, and they don't really play it up as like this horrific, scary monster at all. But I think that bit at the end where, where Frida ends up in like a, a, a locker room or whatever, the laundry room, and you see it like slowly, you see the, the shower heads all kind of shaking for a moment before it, it starts kind of oozing out of it. That felt like something that could, you know, that could be in like a horror movie or, or something like that. So, and then, it's, you know, drops down to the puddle and sort of, you know, stands up tall. And yeah, I think, I think there's some, some really fun stuff in there and they, they kind of mix it. And, and yeah, and like we said, there's, there's some kind of goofy slapstick where like the two, uh, the two male friends uh, that Frida has, which I think, I think they say their names, but uh, one of them is Leon and Omar, Leon and Omar. The other one. Okay. So yeah, Leon and Omar, it's like, they're like running around all scared and bumping into each other. Like there's some good, like, as I said, some good slapstick, some Scooby-Doo. That, there's a lot of Scooby-Doo in that moment, too. For sure. And, and when the uh, the janitor takes off running after the tiny amoeba, only to when he seems to have it cornered, the big one bursts out and he yes. you know, yells and runs away. Like, yeah, you, you might as well have had the, you know, the, 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 the spinning legs and the, right. and the, <laughs> yeah, the, <laughs> the xylophone or whatever right. there. Uh, but yeah, there's some, yeah, there's some very wacky and, and fun, like slapstick stuff in here. So like I said, definitely some inconsistencies and nothing, nothing spectacular, but still some fun stuff. And uh, I settled on another six out of 10 for my visual score. That's great. Um, yeah. I went just a tick lower just because of the inconsistencies and because of the, 
the issues with some of the characters. Like I said, I think that they did a great job in applying that sort of method to the Amoeba itself, but unfortunately applying it to the, the, the rest of the characters and some of the perspective issues being off model and just some, just some of the ways that the characters, their bodies were a little bit too long. Like there were periods where it felt like they were a little bit warbly and it's hard to know which, which scenes were done by which, which animation studio here, but it's interesting that both of these animation studios uh, worked, tended to work together on the same episodes, according to the DCAU wiki. So um, yeah, it's, it, it, it's unfortunate. Fortunately, there were some great things and some fun things, but there's also a, a, a lot that left something to be desired. So reflected in our scores. All right, Liam, let's move on to our next category, which is going to be music. And uh, other than other than the theme song, um, and of course, when Static does his transformation, music uh, kind of took a back seat this week, which... For me, if you've listened to any of our other static episode <laughs> reviews, is not necessarily a bad thing, in my opinion. Yeah, not not much to to write home about here. I think there's a. I feel like we got a little bit more during that that initial fight scene uh, when they're when they're fighting at the meatpacking plant. I think there's a little bit more, or maybe maybe this is always there, and I'm just now noticing it. But it's uh, I feel like there's a little bit more electric guitar mixed in to the to the the static mm. fight music that we hear kind of in every never see the here we go here we go uh, music. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like there's a little bit maybe a little bit more maybe I just noticed the the guitar a little bit more but yeah other than that I I didn't have much in and uh, in the way of music musical notes so to speak uh, yeah I think there's nothing nothing wrong with it uh, but nothing that really stood out other than maybe a little a little more guitar than usual. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's the fight music is always good. The fight music between him and the amoeba, especially when he's calling it, calling it out at the end and they're, you know, he, uh, static and Frida have this conversation where Frida is worried, uh, you know, the amoeba is getting away and static kind of declares that it's headed towards the rest of the city to devour. And uh, you know, the music kicks in again and as he's calling it out and it mm-hmm. kind of turns back and you kind of hear the, the static theme raise up always love having a hero theme. So um, you know, with my scores, because, because of the way that I tend to feel about some of the choices that they made in other episodes where the music tends to be very distracting for me uh, that tends to <laughs> tends to be uh, in favor when I don't notice the music as much uh, in an episode of static. So I went with a score of six out of 10. What about you? Yeah, I'm just a tick lower here at a five out of 10. Yeah. Nothing, nothing to write home about. I, yeah. I think that the action music is still good and still kind of adds a little bit of a oomph to those those fight scenes but uh yeah nothing nothing spectacular to uh to write home about here all right let's move to our final category of the day liam which is going to be voice acting uh we have no main villain voice actor this week because an amoeba doesn't talk we learned uh but we do have (laughs) we have quite quite the list of other characters here including several what i would categorize as 48 year old men pretending to be 16 year old (laughs) or 15-year-olds in Static's high school. But uh, let's get into this week's voice acting, shall we? That's right. So uh, first and foremost, playing the role of the, as you mentioned, the the armadillo bang, bang baby that we see at the start of the episode, whose name, for the record, is Carmen Dillo. Carmen Dillo, which which actually inspired me, inspired me as he was going to the restaurant. I was like, what if Carmen Dillo went to get shawarma? 
Man, <laughs> if I was to create a, a shawarma restaurant, I would name it Shawarmadillo. <laughs> if that doesn't exist already, oh. trademark, copyright. <laughs> <KCR. laughs> love it. I love it. Uh, yeah, so we have... <laughs> shawarma. <laughs> I apologize to everybody who has not turned off this episode already. Beautiful. Oh, man. Uh, we got time to riff. It's fine. Uh, we, have, we have Matt Ballard playing uh, playing Mr. Dillo, who folks might know from... He's uh, done a lot of, of voice acting over the years, also had some minor roles in things like role models and, uh, and, uh, and, and a few other kind of comedies, Wet Hot American Summer as well, so... A few, uh, a few kind of cult classic comedies under his belt as well, but we don't get much of him. But uh, I do, I just enjoy that character. I, I, I'd like to see, I'd like to see quite a bit more of him. Yeah, but, uh, is he, is he in any other episodes? He, uh, I know he appears at, uh, and uh, this is maybe a little bit of a spoiler for something we'll cover later in this, in the uh, this month. Mm. Uh, he's at he, he along with some other. Uh, four, former meta breed or meta human members i believe appear in the uh justice league crossover episode ah. i think i think the start of that episode is a uh, hawk girl and, and somebody helping static uh fight them off but uh we will uh, perhaps talk about that on another date but uh other other where in the uh, elsewhere in the cast i should say we have uh karen Mar- mariyama or murayama i should say as uh, as Kim, sort of one of the uh, one of the other uh, people in in Frida's crew, along with Richard Tatum as Omar and Jonathan Floyd as Leon, and as you mentioned, none of them really sound like kids, but they're all pretty funny and like they all they all just have like two or three lines, but they're just like I said, they're just like these dopey cowards who are running around doing this silly stuff, and it's I think it's a pretty uh, I think it's a pretty fun little uh, supporting cast, a lot of you know talented uh, veteran voice actors in there. Uh, we do have uh, Steve Franken voicing uh, the janitor, Mr. Janus, who uh, folks might know, he was actually in the original, uh, the 1970s Wealth, uh, Westworld, as well as uh, several other movies and, and television shows. He was in uh, Angels and Demons, the, the Tom Hanks film, and uh, a few other things as well. Again, as we have talked about already, straight out of Scooby-Doo, and the voice performance was no was no difference i do wonder now that you you've put that seed in my head maybe that was meant to be kind of a red herring that like we have this angry grumpy old janitor maybe we were supposed to think he was a bad guy secretly or something but maybe we can ask friend of the show we can ask friend of the show james tucker a twitter friend of the show yeah if if he has any uh about that I will. Uh, I'll have to check. I will have to check in with him and see if he can uh, give us any inf- insight there. But uh, and then uh, elsewhere in our cast, other than our two main leads, we have uh, Danica McKellar as Frida, who we've uh, we've talked about quite a few times. She's done a lot of voice acting work, including currently, she is the voice of Miss Martian on the Young Justice show, probably most famously to people of this show. But uh, I will just mention, we've, and we've already talked about the kind of the comedic subplot of the episode, but her line delivery in that first scene where she's, she's so angry about this and Virgil and Richie, uh, and she tells Virgil and Richie that uh, the guidance counselor tells her she can't print it or whatever. 
and they ask why and she's like and she just in the most i thought it was so funny the way she just says ah, something about a lawsuit and he would lose his job or something and then just keeps <laughs> and then just keeps ranting like keeps filibustering like it's such her delivery on that line is so darn funny i rewound it like three times and maybe laugh so much <laughs> Yeah, it's a good it's a good performance. She has a lot of fun. Um, and she, I mean, it it's funny because she she doesn't she's unaware that this is being played uh, as the B, B plot comedy plot of the episode. So she takes it 100 percent seriously at the yes. character does uh, takes it 100 percent seriously and unironically in delivering every all of the lines um and you know being being demanding as they break into the school and trying to you know trying to give out excuses as to why they're in the classroom and all that stuff so yeah there's lots of lots of uh lots of just a straight lace straight man response uh in the way that she delivers her lines and it's it's good yeah she's she's obviously she's still being employed today 21 years later uh you know young justice is still going going strong here at at 21 years after this episode debuted so uh she's pretty good at what she does so you know good good uh good performance this week as well yeah frida really falls by the wayside i feel like once once daisy gets introduced to this show like Mm -hmm. she's she's kind of yesterday's news so yeah it was kind of funny to see her get get that much of a spotlight but yes other than that of course we do have our two main leads being jason marsden as richie who was just there to uh to make uh ham-fisted pop culture references <laughs> pre-gear richie is about 80 percent uh bad jokes and and pop culture references and mm-hmm. then uh and uh, this episode certainly no exception. He does. We do get this is the origin of the shock box, the uh, the little walkie-talkie. Yeah. So we do get we do get that bit of uh, of static lore. Um, so, and then uh, yeah, but other, other than that, of course, we have the the great Phil Lamar as static. And like you said, because it's such a light and fluffy episode, I think there is a lot of ch- uh, a lot of chances for the whole cast here to sort of uh, you know to do to work on their chops and I, I think everybody does a pretty good job yeah it's just it's a solid effort all the way around i think that people uh are are strong in what what they do obviously you know we talk about this every time we review static uh, and especially with batman the animated series having been the last uh, official dcau series that we covered uh, in the prior month it's hard you know it's it's hard to 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 compare sometimes the animation or the music or even sometimes the plots because they're written for different audiences. They were different budgets. They were different, you know, the static season one wasn't even intended to be in the same universe uh, as we've discussed Mm -hmm. many times. Um, But when it comes down to it, the most consistent thing that we, that you notice is that for the most part, the majority of the time, the voice acting is the thing that stands out the most and, and usually get a good effort, especially out of the people that are, that were, uh, that were series regulars, you know, it's these, the, the series regulars are people that have continued to get jobs to this day and that have made a career out, out of being really amazing voice actors and actresses. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's really, it's really great to be able to, to put on one of these episodes and not be 
weirdly distracted by a sub by subpar performances. That's one of the most consistent things I would say across all the DCAU shows ultimately is that you ended up with a, with a pretty good uh, voice cast and a vo- voice direction, you know, coming from, from um, you know, coming from Andrea Romano. So, uh, you know, works, works out well to make this feel somewhat uh, in that same universe because of that. So because of that, I, I think all the performances are really strong. Uh, I ended up giving voice acting an eight out of 10. What about you? Yeah, I'm, uh, I actually give it the exact same score here, a, uh, an eight out of 10. I think, like I said, it's just, even though there, this isn't, uh, like we said, this isn't a very special episode. There's no big emotional heart, uh, heart to heart for many of our characters here. But yeah, it's just fun all the way through and everybody kind of gets a moment to be pretty funny. And it's a, it's a fun, funny episode. And uh, the, the voice acting is a big part of that. Absolutely. All right, William. Well, that will bring us uh, to our final scores for this week's episode. Tallying everything up, I ended up with a seems like a little bit lower than it should be, but I guess the visuals brought it down a little bit. But I ended up with a twenty-six out of forty. What about you? Yeah, and I am uh, I am right in that same ballpark, not too far down. I believe I am at a final score of twenty-five out of forty. All right. So we're talking, as we always do, about rewatchability here, Liam. Uh, we mentioned uh, there is uh, the Shock Fox's origin is told in this story here. But uh, in the grand scheme of things, the amoeba doesn't return. We don't really advance the plot very uh, much here as far as relationship wise with Static or Static and Richie or Static and Frida. You know, it's just kind of a of a of a plug and play episode that we have here. Um, I would say I would give a probably a one thumb up for me just because it does, as I mentioned, break the norm and it's a fun 22 minute episode, but in the grand scheme of things, DCAU picture, nope, not relevant, not doesn't, doesn't make a long-term impact or dent. And then even within the static lore, you know, it's not, it doesn't move any of the, the, the plot forward uh, because it's so kind of early on here in the series. So um, I guess like half a thumb up, is that, is that a thing? Can we do that? Half a thumb? <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah. I think that's, I would, uh, I would pretty much agree with your assessment here. There's nothing too uh, coincidental to the, the larger static lore or the larger DCAU lore, but Hey, it's fun. It's fun and it's funny. So yeah, it's, uh, it, it's it's and it's one of those things that you can you can put it on. And honestly, you if you're an adult, you can you can get it. You'll get some of the references, maybe or some of the some of the homages to those cartoons, uh, those Hanna-Barbera Scooby-Doo cartoons or some of those other cartoons from your childhood. And, and your child will probably enjoy it. It's 22 minutes of good fun. And uh, who knows, you might 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 get your kid to want to watch more static after that. So I uh, can definitely recommend that if, especially if you're watching it on the fantastic HBO max app, <laughs> it's the best app. I love that app. <laughs> Not a paid sponsorship. Love it. All right, Liam, let's wrap this baby up. Thank you everybody for listening to this week's episode. Don't forget to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app. That's right. We're on all of the big boys. So if, uh, if you can, and you haven't done so already subscribe to us. And if you are uh, able to leave a five-star review from us for us, we would greatly appreciate that. Heck, if you can leave a little blurb and let us know what it is that you appreciate about the podcast. Hey, that helps a lot too. Cause then that old algorithm starts seeing that and recognizing 
recognizing that and tells us, uh, suggests it to other people. So uh, we would greatly appreciate that. You can also, of course, always listen to us and subscribe to us on the Pod Tower on YouTube. Not only do you get content from us there, but also our friends at Tim Talk and the Watchtower database. Uh, we would love you to go on there. Even if you don't listen to our podcast on there, go subscribe to that channel. Just search the Pod Tower on YouTube. That would help us out a lot. Of course, you can also uh, support the podcast by using the link at the bottom of the episode, or you can go to our website, dcaureview.com, where you can find our full archive of episodes and check out our store, get a shirt, hat, mug, sticker, something if you want to support the pod that way. Thank you so much for listening to this week. And of course, we're going to continue next week, Liam, with another review of Static. And uh, let's talk about what episode that will be. That's right. Uh, next week, we will be going a little bit forward into season two of Static and uh, talking about a couple of returning characters, that being not only Rubber Band Man, but Ivan as well. And uh, maybe those guys have some sort of a connection. Uh, and, and so we'll be talking about the episode Bad Stretch right here next Saturday pair of our favorite characters i think uh, that we've reviewed thus far so excited to see those two guys together but until then i'm cal and i'm liam and we will talk to you on the next episode of the dcau adios